0: Hello world Welcome to the soulmate sessions with me and my husband I have a delicious mug of tea that you made me and we're just gonna talk to each other a little bit about whatever really comes to mind and give you a little window into our life and our thoughts and our ideas and our curiosities.
1: We're sitting here in a tiny house on a tiny park. And we've got a lavender candle placed upon our yoga mats and we're seated on the yoga mats upon a wooden floor. Two cups of teas, Mm -hmm. one in each of our hands. No handles on the teacups, so we grip the cups and we feel the warmth emanating from the cup. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the candle dances on the wick. Constantly refilling itself with fuel and burning itself anew. Dancing with energy and... These sessions are about exploring. Exploring life, the meaning of life, what are we doing here? And we were just talking about the fact that maybe none of us really know what we're doing here, but everybody acts like they do.
0: It's a crazy mystery, isn't it?
1: So we were saying that... Well, let's say this episode is really about how do you how do you find your purpose in life? And more specifically, how do you tune into the whisper within so that you can live your true purpose
0: and fulfill your potential.
1: So what Shelly and I were saying is that the body is a vehicle for the soul so we are spiritual beings in a physical world so the spirit is eternal and somehow the spirit was wrapped up into a physical package and it became trapped in this thing called time So the spirit was hurtling from the beginning to eternity. And when it came into this sphere, it became beholden to time and the laws of the physical universe. So at the same time that we have to feed our physical body, we have to realize that we're feeding the physical body so that we could transport the soul and give the soul life. So the body is like a car, it consumes gasoline, food. You need to feed it with things like ego, joy, the opposite of that. pleasure. Negative emotions are part of that. But if we spend too much time focusing only on feeding the vehicle, You forget about the passenger in the vehicle, which is the soul.
0: The beautiful fire that's always talking to us and whispering to us and telling us what we really need to be doing or what we hope to be doing. I guess the soul is, or rather the intuition, is the soul whispering to the body, Hey, don't forget about me. that's what music is and art and creativity because during the day it's very easy to get busy and consumed by the outside world and by the opinions of people and it's crazy before I used that that you know the soul is packaged up into the body but it's like there ain't million different packages all those packages are so different with different wants and different needs and different balance yeah 8 billion this the lilacs for our coffee machine she's amazing and she's just cleaning herself out and it's funny because that's almost a metaphor for everything that we are just talking about there's so many different people and Every different person has its own, you know, unique timeline and ideas and beliefs, and we can't really control any of them. Even the coffee machine kind of has its own schedule, its own moment to clean itself, and all we can really master is learn to master ourselves and protect ourselves against our judgments and our thoughts and our limitations, and the way to do that is really to tune into the spirit. And the way to do that, I think, is to mostly just sit with yourself and breathe. And allow yourself to stop being distracted. We're all so overstimulated. There's so much going on. It's so easy to lose sight and track of what's most important to us. I think that all goes back to love. at the end of the day all of us are just love, wanting to be loved, wanting to find love, wanting to express love because otherwise what point really is there I mean I doubt any baby thinks to himself, wow I want to be the CEO of a fortune 500 company I want a private jet anything like that I think baby just wants to be happy and money allows us freedom which allows us to be happy but this world makes it so easy to just forget what the real end goal is and just focus on things as the achievement itself
1: I, I see it like this the the soul comes into this world with a mission and the soul travels in a body and in order for the soul to function it needs a good vehicle it needs a strong vehicle but if you feed the physical soul At the expense of the spiritual soul, the physical soul becomes really strong, like a big muscle, and the spiritual soul becomes relatively weak. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the the physical soul becomes so strong that you lose the ability to hear the spiritual soul.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's like they say that there's no such thing as a shrinking government organization. So if you start a government program and you give it a budget of a million dollars, <coughs> the next year they're gonna say they spent the million, they need 1.2 million. The year after that they need 1.4 million. They need more and more because the having the money, the resources, allows them to continue in their job and, and achieve their goals. That's the same thing for the physical soul. If you allow it to command more and more of your attention, energy, resources, it will consume them endlessly. And as it becomes stronger and stronger, it will, it doesn't have a mind to say that it was here to serve the spiritual soul, you have to strengthen the spiritual soul so that the spiritual soul is strong enough to direct the physical soul. So that's part of what the Kabbalah teaches, is that you have an animal soul and you have a godly soul, and depending on which one you feed, that one will become stronger. And I
0: guess that's the concept of like Learning to be aware of yourself, really Like stepping out of yourself and observing yourself Observing your mind, observing your thoughts Observing your judgments and all the thought patterns and ideas that You know, a lot of them you came to those conclusions on your own But a lot of them also you kind of absorbed like osmosis Like through your social circle, through your family, through your school lot of our thoughts are not our own and it's interesting to like kind of notice what you're thinking and almost hold space for yourself to question your own thoughts and question yourself and realize that your thoughts are not you
1: yeah that's a big part of this equation is that A few hundred years ago, the problem was a lack of information. You were constantly scavenging for information. So, books were few and far between. To have a book during the dark ages in Europe was like to have a second house, because each book had to be handwritten, it had to be stored, it was a very special thing. The person that wrote it was obviously uh, probably better educated than most other people so it was a large commitment of time to devote to writing it. So crazy. Because also, you know, labor was was different. You know, to make each um, you know, pound of food was relatively much more labor intensive than today. So books information were very valuable. And um who was making books who was making books was well a lot of the books were made by the church religious organizations and um, nobility people of means were the only ones that were able to sponsor you know people to write books and and to support that kind of um, craft because most people were uh, working on their their own subsistence and that kind of thing. So the Industrial Revolution enabled people to be more stationary and to produce goods in a different way than used to be. But you know, if you think about what it would take to write a single book by hand without a computer and that kind of stuff, it was a lot. So anyway, the point is that today. We don't have a lack of information. We have too much information. So it's about filtering information. And if you think about the typical information flow to and from a person in 2018 on a daily basis, you wake up, the first thing you do may be to look at your smartphone. The next thing you do may be to look at your television on the way to work, maybe listen to the radio, get to work maybe you look at the screen you see a stock ticker all these things are people pump pumping 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 information into your brain on the way to the office on the way to school on the way to wherever you're going you see tons of logos advertisements these are all people angling for your information um, system to c- control to, to carve out a piece of your information system so you know thousands of years ago, when yoga and meditation were invented, they were invented in a a much more information-scarce environment. They were important back then, they're even more important now. So if you just imagine, close your eyes, take a deep breath, allow your belly to fill with air, and just hold that breath. Maybe you start to become aware of the pitter-patter of thoughts in your head, in this moment and if you do that for a couple of minutes and we'll get to some guided meditations later but the, p- the point is if you really hold your meditation and you start to breathe and focus on your breath and every time your breath uh, every time your thoughts stray from your breath you bring it back you'll start to realize how often your thoughts stray to random topics Maybe maybe they stray to an itch on your back, or what you have to do later, what you did before, or something. But your mind is constantly going from one thing to the next. In yoga, they call it the monkey mind. But that's the that's the point: is that we always have so much going on in every moment. When do we get to listen to our soul? Because if you think about it, when you're mind goes to an itch on your back or the fact that you're uncomfortable sitting in a meditative pose or something like that it's the physical part of you speaking right and begging for your attention attention. and because we're so physical especially today in a day and age when we kind of worship luxury and, and physical sensation and pleasure, whether it's good food or drink or massage or whatever that physical thing is, comfort, sitting in a comfortable car, comfortable chair, comfortable couch, comfortable climate controlled room, whatever that is, the physical is given so much attention, it's so dominant that we listen to the physical much more than we listen to the spiritual unless we've actively been training the spiritual part of us for a long time.
0: What does it look like to give attention to the spiritual side?
1: To give attention to the spiritual side means probably a lot of different things to different people, but I think the first step is cultivating a quietude. What does quietude look like? Quietude looks like asking yourself In every moment, do I want to be doing what I'm doing now? Is this serving my soul's purpose while it's on this earth for a limited time? Is this what I want to be doing in this very moment? I remember Steve Jobs saying in his Stanford commencement speech that he would ask himself every morning do I want to be doing what I'm doing today? And if the answer was no enough days in a row, it was time to make a change.
0: It's interesting. We live in a consumer society which tells us that we're worth it and so that we should treat ourselves to things and that we should buy things. But, you know, at the same time, it tells us that we're selfish for doing things that are outside of societal expectations but I think part of this practice and part of asking yourself what do I want and what do I need and what's good for me is, you know, the concept of it's okay and it's almost healthy to be selfish to a certain degree and what society teaches us is selfish is not necessarily, you know, fair um, for them to be attaching that negative connotation to the word selfish because to do something unique and to do something different and to do what works for you and to be able to say no to people and to opportunities that don't feel right and listening to that intuition, it's a good thing it's good to be selfish in that way because that's the only, you know at the end of the day we only have ourselves and we're responsible at the end of the day for how we feel And I doubt we came to this planet to deserve to feel miserable or out of balance or doing things that don't feel right to us.
1: It's a very interesting point that you raised. And there's a saying, if I'm not for myself, then who will be? That's a good one. If I'm only for myself, then what am I?
0: That's so beautiful, yeah.
1: It's from... uh, collection of thought called Ethics of Our Fathers. It's a very old thought. If I am not for myself, then who will be? If I am only for myself, then what am I? It gets to this really interesting kind of paradox of, you know, there's two sides to life. There's the self and the community. There's the physical and the spiritual, and the interplay between these different parts of life and finding that balance has, you know, fascinated and tripped up and, you know, consumed people since the beginning of time. And I think that's something that, you know, is really very interesting to think about for oneself. What does it mean to serve one's own purpose? the same time as serving the greater good what does that look like who's really doing that are you really doing that am I really doing that
0: I think that goes back to what you were saying before about how there are eight billion different people in eight billion different packages and all of us have our own unique contribution to offer the world so if we're all listening to societal expectations and all making ourselves uniform and all doing the same thing and not making selfish quote unquote choices to follow our own unique path and not being brave then we're not there for the world if we're just copying everyone else and if we're not being quote unquote selfish and we're just making ourselves uniform then we're we're doing a disservice to the world because we're not giving ourselves a chance to fulfill this greater purpose that we were given that we were meant to kind of figure out. You know what i mean
1: yeah how do you how do you go about figuring out your greater purpose? What's your guidepost?
0: Well, I think all of us have some sort of like quiet intuition, which is what we talked about before, which you know whispers to us and tells us when we're on the right path or when we're not on the right path like when I was in law school I was sick and I wasn't feeling well and something inside of me knew that it wasn't right for me even though I was doing well even though I was high achieving because it just didn't click or resonate with my inner self and you know when I play music or when I do something more creative I feel a little part of me light up and I think everybody to some degree has that kind of little light bulb that goes on or off when they're doing certain things, and that our body has different physical, emotional, and mental responses to different activities, different people that tells us, hey, you're in a good environment, hey, this does not work for you. And then it's all a matter of just being brave enough to kind of pivot and go against the grain or go against, you know, what you know or what you've known your whole life, but they millions of people with millions of stories who you know were going down one path and then for some reason or other something and then lit up and told them hey you should be doing something else and I think the more we trust ourselves the more we're able to fulfill that kind of purpose and the more we're kind of able to fulfill ourselves and a good way to kind of imagine it I think like if you think of yourself right now as like a seed or a little tree and you have the potential to grow into this big huge tall tree and that's kind of already set in motion by you know your destiny or whatever and based on your choices you have the opportunity to grow into yourself or to try to you know morph into something else like the ugly duckling never getting to be a swan Either you fulfill your purpose and you become that swan, or you live a life half-lived and, you know, try to be like everybody else. But having something in you knows that you never got to be yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point because...
0: That's why people start to buy a lot of things to fill that void, or to eat a lot of things to fill that void.
1: Yeah, it's it's very interesting because if you... Don't take the time to imagine that there's something other than the narrative into which you're born and you're trapped in it. It's all you see. It's the old allegory of the cave. Everybody that was inside the cave that Plato was describing was looking at the fire on the wall and thinking that was reality. They couldn't imagine that... There was a reality outside of what they saw, except for the person who dared to turn around or look away or meditate or whatever it was that broke that person from that trance. So, so many people living in modern society today who are watching TV, listening to the radio, whatever consuming popular culture, think that's all there is. But if you think about it, popular culture today, the zeitgeist today, the values today, probably many of them are 20, 30 years old. There was a different set of values 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, a different set of descriptive realities, a different set of scientific quote-unquote facts, a different set of religious truths. Things were different. And so, you have to really be willing to say, well, what about what I'm living today maybe is just the narrative of today, created, manufactured. And when I step out of that, what, what's eternal? And in order to step out of that, you have to have a lot of strength, willpower, or luck, and then you can step out of that. It's like the simplest way to, to do it is to travel a little bit, leave your hometown, go to another town, you'll see a different set of cultural norms. Go even further to another state, to another country, to another continent, you'll see different realities. Then you might start to realize that your reality that you grew up with isn't the only one. If you have some courage, at that point you start to explore what about your reality is quote-unquote real and what's created, what do you want to continue to accept and what do you want to perhaps uh, explore outside of. And this way you can sort of create your own truth, your own narrative.
0: And that kind of becomes the springboard from which you build your life. Because to some degree you get to choose. You get to choose to leave what you've known. And you get to leave, you know, everything you've ever been told. And, you know, instead find whatever you figure out for yourself. And that's not to say that, you know, everything we're taught is wrong. It just all goes back to listening and quietude, like you said, and just questioning everything.
1: That's the story of a lot of the great uh, people of, of our time, uh, or, uh, of all time, I should say. Like Whether it's Avraham or, or Buddha, it was people willing to think for themselves. Yeah. It's amazing. Step outside of their reality. Avraham, who grew up with a you know, a family of, you know, idol worshippers, his family had a place where they sold idols, he said, This doesn't make sense to me, and he left. Buddha grew up wealthy, wanted to see life outside of the castle. He left. He explored his truth. You know, there's a lot of people We decided to explore outside of what was quote-unquote accepted, Steve Jobs leaving Reed College, dropping in only on the classes he wanted to visit, he wanted to experience. You know, you'll see it time and time again, people saying, my spiritual self thinks otherwise, and I'm going to feed that. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to give that candle some fuel instead of feeding into the comfortable, easily satisfied, physical part of me. I'm going to feed the spiritual part of me. I'm going to seek some truth.
0: It's beautiful.
1: Well, I think that's a good place to leave it for now. Yes, uh, we covered a lot in a, in a short amount of time
0: that was really fun it was that was really fun Adam you should do it again I agree thank you for listening this is the soulmate sessions soulmate seasons is what we're calling this beautiful podcast thank you for listening to this episode we look forward to hearing you in the next one namaste
1: Namaste.